Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo. And of course, joining me for what will be our final content for the regular season, which I can't believe is going to be week 18, is Mr. Harley Schultz. Harley, we got there. Where did the season go? On COVID, on the COVID list. Ah, that's why. Okay. <laughs> I, I was searching for it and searching for it and well, half my team is on the IR because of COVID, so it might as well be the case. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like we wait all year. We can't, you know, we wait the draft. And the next thing you know, draft's over and the season's over. And then we're like, oh, now we got to wait again. We well, and that's why it's, it's so important for people who really enjoy fantasy football to, to, to try to find themselves a, a dynasty or an empire format, something that allows you to uh, continue to play into the offseason where you can. Uh, really follow along with the draft and and learn to learn to find out all about the rookies, and yep. it, it 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 just adds a certain level of fun to this. So I mean, yes, there are other great sports that you can play fantasy sports of during the off season from football. What? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but there's just something to being able to talk about a football trade in the middle of March. Yeah, I'd say I get because I do a lot of dynasty, especially their their full IDP dynasty or contract leagues, whatever you want to call them. I probably get about three to four weeks January in January February off, where I don't have to really worry about fantasy. But then it's you know we've got cut downs that we do, and then we've got the draft. Our draft happens after the regular draft, but then you get. We have RFA that happens, restricted free agency. Like we have something that takes us through the entire year, basically. Um, and, and yeah, and then like during the playoffs, we there are leagues that have playoff leagues where you may pick somebody from your roster type thing. You know what I mean? To form teams and, and see who can win that way. So there's always ways to keep you engaged and involved. It doesn't have to end in the last week of the regular season. And then of course there's DFS, which we'll have our segment on later on today too. Well, and, uh, obviously we haven't had the last two seasons because of COVID, but there's already been talk about bringing back the XFL this coming spring as another opportunity. Uh, obviously, we ha- a few years back we had the uh, Alliance of American Football. Uh, any, any sort of spring football-related content is always an enjoyable thing, especially from the standpoint of being able to gamble on it. <laughs> I think that there's a word for that. Um, degenerate or something like that. I don't know. I resemble that remark. There you go. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's been a fun run. Um, this has probably been my worst season ever. I did not make the playoffs in a single league, so take that for what it's May. Um, it just was an overall bad, bad, bad year. But before we can do anything, we've, before we can finish the year, we have to do this, and this is throwing it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Michael Gallup tore his ACL scoring a touchdown Sunday. This couldn't have come at a worse time for Gallup as he prepares to enter free agency this offseason. As an oft-injured wide receiver, it seems brutally clear 
that he will be signing with the division rival New York Giants. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, who is a dead man walking following next Sunday's game against the division rival Bears, threw his offensive coordinator under the bus in a post-game interview and all but dismissed any value that might exist in the team's rookie quarterback, Kellen Mond. With both Zimmer and Bears coach Matt Nagy facing termination following this game, shouldn't the league just spare everyone involved a potential injury and call this game a double forfeit? <laughs> the Tennessee Titans will decide this week if Derrick Henry will return for the team in the playoffs as he has begun to participate in individual practice drills following his foot injury back in week eight. So, in addition to being gifted the top seed in the AFC and a likely bye, the Titans will also get a rested Henry for the playoffs? How is this fair? You know, I'd be potentially concerned about the Titans if they had any other healthy offensive weapons besides potentially Henry. <laughs> Joe Burrow followed up his epic Week 16 performance with an equally amazing Week 17 game against the Chiefs. Burrow has now posted a ridiculous 971 passing yards and eight passing touchdowns over his last two games. To put that domination into perspective, in those two games, Burrow had just two fewer passing touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence has had all season. Plus, he has thrown for more yards in those two games than the Giants have thrown for in their last seven games combined. <laughs> and finally, Antonio Brown paid honor to the late John Madden on Sunday by using the common online Madden game strategy of quitting mid-game. This has been your BPN News Update. I did not see that one come. That was a, I, I'm going to give you that. That was a good, really good end to the, the, to the news this week. I was, when you went Antonio Brown, I was curious what you, which way you were going to go. Um, so I tweeted this out. You know, there's the picture of him shirtless in the end zone, you know, like he's cheerleading. Do you remember last year from the inauguration, everybody was putting sitting Bernie? Yes, yes. Somebody, I said it like nobody's done it. Somebody needs to add Bernie sitting in the chair next to Antonio Brown going through the end zone. <laughs> I, th I think you can pretty much, uh, I mean, he, he's memed himself beyond belief with that uh, outing there. And uh, I mean, obviously some new news came out today that uh, his side of the story is being released by his uh, public relations staff about whether or not the coaching staff for Tampa Bay was forcing him to play in this game despite the fact that he had told them that he was not physically healthy enough to do so. Now, whichever side ends up being the truth, we really don't know. And obviously, Antonio has been a very mercurial player throughout his career. There's been questions about his uh, mental health and, and clarity uh, dating back to the uh, huge concussion he suffered at the hands of Vontez Perfect. I know that was a huge trending thing on Sunday, uh, was the Perfect hit, which uh, kind of... Uh, predated a lot of Brown's uh, emotional and mental struggles from the last couple of years here in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people probably initially thought that it was something where Arians was maybe telling him to sit, that he didn't want to play him. And, and Brown got upset because there were incentives that evidently Antonio could have hit based on some pretty good production over this week's game and next week's game basically had about a million dollars in incentives he could have hit. So then when you find out that it was the opposite, that that Arians was telling him to go in and he didn't want to, um, it just it seems a little baffling. So, 
Well, and I mean, again, as as mercurial as Brown is, he has never come across to me as the type of player who would willfully sit out a play if he could be out there. He definitely has a a, a gamer to him. He, he definitely has that. I, he seems like the type of guy who would go out there and, and play hurt if he really physically felt he could. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully he gets the help he needs because it does seem like there might be something a little off there. And and who knows? I mean, maybe we'll see him in another uniform next season. Maybe we won't. Uh, but again, I, I think that uh, at, at first a lot of people jumped uh, to conclusions about what might be the the factoring here, and I, I think that we'll we'll learn more obviously as the season progresses. But ultimately, the the thing that hurts most is it hurts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the most, who are already without Chris Godwin. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, but as you said, we will see. So what we will see tonight is we are going to, of course, have our normal segment on DFS, right? Pay up, stay yes. away, and value plays. And good luck on the value play side. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to do a segment on fantasy resolution. Since we're into the new year, by the way, I hope you had you and your wife had a, a very happy new year. Um, but that's really it, it was an enjoyable new year. Uh, we did a lot of stuff we normally do. Uh, we we stayed uh, in on the uh, on New Year's Day for the most part. But uh, New Year's Eve, we went out to our favorite haunts and had some cocktails. We had a, had a really nice dinner, and the obviously Christmas week beforehand, we uh, did our traditions of cooking in the house and stuff. But uh, it, was, it was a good New Year's. So we we really whooped it up. Um, we split a split of champagne and didn't finish it, so left the balance for mimosas in the morning. Um, but we did make it to midnight, and fireworks were going off in the neighborhood, unfortunately, till about 1 a.m., so we were tending to the dogs. Um, but I, I always have referred to New Year's Eve as um, amateur night, so I tended to try to stay away from, you know, all the people that don't usually party out trying to party, causing problems for everybody else usually. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, but I'm glad you guys had a good time. We, we did actually go out New Year's Day for one thing. We went out for uh, for brunch at uh, Fogo de Chon. Uh, hadn't been in several years, so it was kind of a nice uh, chance to go out and basically upload ourselves full of all the meats we possibly could in the, about a two-hour span. Gotcha. Nice. All right, so nice segment brought to you by Fogo de Chon. <laughs> um, so what segment do you want to start with tonight? Um, why don't we start with the resolutions? Okay. Do you want to start us off? Yes. Uh, we maybe we just kind of banter back and forth on. Let's do a, uh, let's do a countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 8. 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Okay, now give me your resolutions. Okay, well, my, my first resolution is based on what we've seen with COVID this past season and, and what we really saw in the last two weeks of the playoffs, and that is teams winning in the playoffs with no names at running back. So next year I'm going to actually concentrate on doing more zero running back rosters. So I didn't write it down, but I almost did write down still steer clear of zero running back. <laughs> but no, the first one that I wrote down was to remind myself that next year come draft season to make sure not to draft off of the previous year's rankings. 
Yes. Understand the changes that happen at quarterback and personnel wise and coach wise, right? And coordinator wise and all those types of things. Do not get poisoned either on the good or the bad side based on last year's rankings. Okay. Now my second resolution, uh, one thing I've realized over the last five years is that when it comes to daily fantasy, at least I am elite at predicting tight end production. So it makes absolutely no sense for me in my in my redraft formats to waste an early round pick on a bad, i.e. Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, who underperformed this year, Kyle Pitts, who uh, had good yardage but didn't score touchdowns. I'm going to not spend up at tight end next year. I'm just going to go ahead and stream them. Okay. So along those lines, I'm still going to draft quarterbacks late. Not going to be influenced by Josh <laughs> Allen, looking like he'll end up as quarterback one two years in a row. I'm sorry, not going to happen. Um, love him, would love to have him on my team, but just not going to happen. I'm going to draft quarterbacks, and, and I'm not going to spend much in auctions for quarterbacks. Okay. Well, my, my third big thing is going to be a resolution that is going to require some assistance. Uh, that is because, uh, first off, we have to uh, convince the great and almighty uh, god of fantasy football that he is Scott Fish to once again open up the doors and hold Scott Fishbowl number 12. And as part of that, we have to convince him to invite us both back for Scott Fishbowl 12. But more importantly, I'm going to do my best to convince Scott Fish to host live Scott Fishbowl 12 drafts right here in Minnesota for the Minnesota analysts. There you go. That sounds like fun. Um, for me, one of the things that I'm going to try to remind myself next year, because we're not the kind of guys that just are in one league, right? Um, That's we're, true. Mul- we're in multiple leagues. Diversify. Diversify, diversify, diversify. So, And what do I mean by that? I mean, I think I had Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Robert Woods on probably, and me even, and, 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 um, uh, and Allen Robinson on a majority of my teams. And it really sank a majority of my teams. So had I diversified and instead of Kamara or instead of Saquon had taken you know, Jonathan Taylor in some of those spots and Eckler in some of those spots, my season would have been much different. Well, one of the things that we unfortunately are stuck with for the foreseeable future is the NFL putting out games on Thursday nights. Now, this past season, to make those nights a little bit more interesting, my wife and I came up with something called Matchup Meal. And we uh, would try to get that trending on Facebook on Facebook and Twitter with the hashtag matchup meal. So my goal for this year is to continue to push out new creative cuisine based on those Thursday night matchups. Because as long as we're going to have to watch bad football, we might as well eat some creative food while we're doing it. That is true. But this year, Thursday night games, were pr- they were pretty entertaining. At least it seems that way. There were some stinkers in there, but there were some that were quite entertaining, shockingly. Um, well... Good. Oh, go ahead. You're up, Mike. Okay. Um, so this one isn't necessarily for me. I'll always make sure that I do this, but I, I want to put it out there so that other people can hopefully adopt it as a resolution also. And it's don't be dead money. If you're out of the playoffs, don't give up. Don't stop putting in a lineup. Be a spoiler. Um, I actually kicked myself this week. I was in a charity league, um, one of those leagues where you can play any player you want, every, but only once in the entire season. And I actually forgot to set a lineup for this week. Now, I wasn't going to win, right? But I forgot to set a lineup. I set my lineup tonight. It is filled with nothing but Steelers and Browns. (laughs) 
but I had enough to still fill my lineup. So, but with that said, just don't be dead money for your league. Shoot the win no matter what your situation is, win-wise and playoff-wise. Well, they always say you don't want to, per se, consider your uh, favorite NFL players a- a- as heroes. And you-, you shouldn't, like, trust everything they say and follow their example in every case. But, you know what? One of my favorite NFL heroes is obviously St. Patrick. And so the last time that we went down to Kansas City, and, and for our listeners that don't know, I go to KC at least twice a year, mainly just to eat and drink my way through the city. Uh, well, down there, we were planning on going to Whataburger, uh, and we got in line, and we saw that the line was about a one-hour wait uh, for drive through only to get the food there. So we backed out and decided not to go to it. So I'm going to actually do what I can to actually get into a Whataburger next time I'm in KC and try the food. That sounds like a good plan. Um, I bl- so we did not Whataburger, but we did In-N-Out Burger uh, when we took the trip cross country a few years ago, a couple years ago for Anna's 50th. Um, and we were in a line that we had to wait for quite some time. <laughs> um, but it's something that was worth it just from the, okay, we got to say we went through In-N-Out Burger and the food was pretty good too. Um, I will say I've got one more and then I've got maybe an add-on after we're done. But my last one is... To remember that we got into this hobby most likely just because we enjoy football. And I think I've said this before, right? But my resolution is to make sure you're having fun, right? Just have fun. Understand that. Don't take it personal. You know what? You want to make money, go play DFS. That's fine. But in playing normal fantasy, whether it's Dynasty, Redraft, Auction, whatever, have fun. And a lot of times when people say, hey, who should I start out of three players Maybe we like two of the players pretty evenly. My advice is always, you know, start this guy or that guy or start of those two, the one that you want to root for the most because it should be fun. Yep. Well, I kind of hinted at uh, my last uh, primary resolution earlier today, and that is my goal for this year is to win a larger size GPP in a sport other than football. Now, I've cashed several times in basketball, baseball, and hockey but I've never actually taken down a big level GPP in one of those free sports. So again, obviously football is my, my sport of choice for, uh, for daily fantasy, but I would uh, really like the opportunity to, to bring down a, a major payday on one of those other sports this year. Okay. I am going to add one more, and this is a resolution I want the entire community to adopt if you haven't already, and that is don't at players when they don't meet your expectations stop it we see the people that do it it's not cool stop don't do it yeah well my my last one is more of a generalized resolution too and uh i think that this shined a little bit brighter for me last year uh i really want to encourage uh, myself and our listeners and just people in general to go out to more concerts this coming year and, and go see the musicians of your youth before they all retire or pass away. This past year, I lost two of my favorite musicians uh, from growing up, and now I'll never be able to see those musicians again in person. So, you know, we lost Betty White this past weekend. We lost yes. John Madden this past weekend. We, we have heroes that we idolize from afar. Appreciate them. And celebrate them while you can. 
That's a very good point. And I think that's, you know, it almost would have been good if we had ended with this because I that's just very well said, my man. Very well said. Really do appreciate it. And, yeah, losing those those two, and there were others um, this weekend, it's just, you're right. You never know when somebody's number is going to get called. And don't take anybody for granted, including people that are directly in your life. So um, I'll tell you what else we're not going to take for granted. We're not going to take DFS for granted. So we're going to try and help you make some money there. Ooh, and it's always fun come week 18 because you have to break things down both on who's going to play, who's oh, not going to play, yes. why, why they might play, why they might play limited minutes. or And also, I mean, fortunately this year we have a lot of games with legitimate standings impact going into the playoffs. So it's not quite as crazy. But along those same lines, we didn't know until about oh, – again, we're recording this Monday night. We didn't know until about – 16 hours ago who was playing when we didn't know i mean obviously there were going to be two games on saturday there was going to be a primetime game on sunday but we had no clue who were going to be in those games yeah well now we know that so uh again some of these uh obviously pay attention to us as we go into the weekend i'm sure we'll have updates and stuff i'll obviously be publishing the uh, dominator on friday as always uh with my recommended lineups for each league uh, format on each of the various sites but again these are all based on our assumptions right now of who's going to play what and when and how long uh yes and to add to that what happens in early games could impact late games too so you have to understand how that's going to play um yeah and, and you have to decide is our two to three series from jamar chase worth more than a game from Khalif raymond uh, they're the types of decisions <laughs> you're gonna have to make but let's get right at it. So what we're going to do is Harley's going to set the over-under for what we are going to match on. And, of course, for those that are new, if you're new in week 18, I don't know what to do for you. But um, Harley and I don't discuss this in advance. We're going to give you one pay-up, one stay-away, and one value play at each of the four um, positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And, Harley, for the last regular season week, what's the over-under set at? Five. Five. I have to take the under, and I'm not going to be shocked if we're over that. And I'll, okay. I'll explain why I took the under after we get past a certain point. Probably like okay. tight ends. So who are you going to pay up for to start, to start us off with at quarterback? I'm going to pay up for Kyler Murray. He's 7,400 on DraftKings, 8,400 on FanDuel. Arizona is going to be uh, versus Seattle. It's a home game for Murray against a bad Seattle passing defense that just made Tim Boyle look like an all-pro. Murray and the Cardinals, they can win their division with a victory and a Rams loss, both of which are going to be happening simultaneously. So it's every reason for Arizona to play this game full go. So we don't have a match, and if I was going to take the over, I would have expected us to get out the gate fast, and now I'm feeling better about the under. I paid up for the most expensive guy on the board, um, Josh Allen at home against a poor Jets defense that's just – They've, if they aren't completely just obliterated after what happened to them this past week to, to TB12, you know, at the end of that game, on top of what they've done all season long, Allen's a very solid play. Don't disagree with Kyler Murray, and if you want to use him to save some money, easily. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I don't mind uh, Allen either. I'm just a little concerned that they might run the ball a little bit more in that game. They could, and they could run a little that more. Could still be, that could be Josh Allen still, too. Yeah. Right, the goal line back. <coughs> Who are you staying away from? I'm going to stay away from Tampa. Um, uh, Tampa Bay versus Carolina is 7,500 on DraftKings, 8,100 on FanDuel. 
It, it wasn't a great matchup to begin with. Right. But now Brady will be without two of his top three wide receivers, his top running back, quite possibly his second and third running backs. Uh, this game really means nothing more than who Tampa will host in the playoffs. They're, I mean, they're either going to get the number two seed, number three seed. They're still going to host someone. Uh, so assume that even if Brady plays, which Arian said he will, that he may not play the full game here. Yep, he's my stay away. I thought it was out of when you look at the guys all at the top. Like I thought he was an easy guy to say I'm ste- steering clear of, just simply because no AB, no Godwin. What's how long's Mike Evans going to play? Can't risk any injuries. Does he play a full game? Is it only a half? Does it impact seeding? All that kind of wonderful stuff. And then you add in Carolina is actually pretty tough against pass. Um, yeah, you know I could have punted and said Joe Burrow because we don't know how much we're going to get of Joe Burrow. I would doubt that it wouldn't be much, but believe it or not, depending on how things break, the Bengals could actually land the number one seed. So you may get more Burrow than what you expect. But for me, I thought Brady was an easy stay away. Okay. Well, my value play is a gentleman we're watching right now, and that's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Pittsburgh is at Baltimore at 5,400 on DraftKings, 6,700 on FanDuel. This very well may be Big Ben's last game, or it may be him trying to will his team into an unlikely playoff appearance if the Colts manage to lose to the Jaguars, obviously we won't know until after tonight's game, Monday night's football's game, is whether or not the Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs. If they win tonight and they win next week and the Colts lose to the Jaguars, they're still technically alive. Uh, but even if the Steelers are out, I expect Pittsburgh to leave it all on the table next week for Roethlisberger in, in his likely swan song game, even if it is in Baltimore and tonight's their last home game. Oh, yeah. It, it helps that Baltimore's pass defense is absolutely awful, too. Yeah, I was going to say. So I started out with, <coughs> I went way down the list and said, Sam Darnold. That's a great matchup. And I was like, yeah, I ain't playing Sam Darnold. If I don't have to, that's what DFS is for, right? <laughs> and then I said, man, I really love the matchup against that Washington football team. And I wrote down Glennon slash Fromm to see whoever we we're going to get. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that either, right? <laughs> 24 so, yards last week, negative 10 net yards. Yeah. So Ouch. I, I wound up right where you did. So we've got our second match. Um, match by deduction, I guess you would call it. Yeah, either it's I – mean, well, the, the only other one that I kind of liked was uh, if Jared Goff is back healthy this week, uh, home versus the Green Bay team that's benching basically all their starters. Well, so, And like you said about the Ravens also, they are starting to peanut – um, vendors and I think a beer man in the secondary. So, exactly. All right. So two out of three. Um, we didn't sweep, but that's not bad. So let's go to running back. Who are you going to pay up for at the running back spot? I'm going to pay up for the top price guy on the board, Jonathan Taylor, for a second straight week. Indianapolis is at Jacksonville, and it, it is win and end for Indy. Or of course, they can still also make it if they lose, and they pray for about six different things to go right. So they have every reason to do their damnedest against a rotten Jacksonville run defense that's basically playing out the string at this point. And realistically, if you're looking at Jacksonville, Jacksonville is much better against the pass than the run. So they have no reason to not run the ball like crazy here. So at first I landed on Alvin Kamara, like his matchup, right? (coughs) Then I, I, I found my way down to... Aaron Jones, I love the matchup, and then I'm like, but yeah, but how much is he going to play, right? 
I don't think he plays at all. I think it's going to be all right. A.J. Dillon and whoever their third-string guy is. If anything, you may get a, a series or two from him tops. And I don't think A.J. Dillon plays that much. So yep. can't have him in there, even though I like the matchup. And I wound up going in reverse and wound up on Jonathan Taylor. I don't love the matchup against the Jacksonville D as much as you would like to think I would, but the fact that it's winner in and every run with Taylor – is just worth so much more than a pass and the agita that comes from it from Wentz that I really think that they lean on Taylor heavy. Yep. Who are you steering clear of? This one's going to be a shocker to some people. I'm going to stay away from the guy who was my value play last week, and that's Rashad Penny. He's, his price has finally boosted itself up into the stratosphere. He's at 6,500 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, Settles at Arizona. Arizona's allowing a league third lowest three and a half yards per carry over the last three weeks. Well, meanwhile, Penny, he leads the league in rushing yards and rushing TDs over the last four games. But those numbers are inflated by three games against rotten run defenses. The one good run defense they faced during that time, the Los Angeles Rams, completely bottled him up. So I think they're facing a good run defense this week. Uh, if anything, this game will become a passing game as Seattle tries to stay with Arizona. So I, I just don't see $7,800 upside in Rashad Penny. Yeah, so I had a tough time with the stay away, quite honestly, because you could easily say, okay, I want to stay away from Aaron Jones because he's probably not going to play, even though I said I wanted to consider him for my payup, right? But that was more to point out just how good that matchup is. And then you could do the same with um, Joe Mixon. <sighs> At the end of the day, I think Mixon's riskier because I think Mixon's going to play, but I don't know that you get the whole game out of him. When he's active and Jones isn't, I think you could see people pivot to him, and I just think it's a trap. So I would steer clear of Joe Mixon this week. 100% agree. All right, now this is going to be difficult because value play is exactly why I said I took the under. Because I had a hard time finding a value play on the board anywhere for the most part. <coughs> yes. Who are you putting in as a value play at running back this week? Well, my value play this week is going to be a guy who actually served me well from a value standpoint this past week as a popular running back two or flex choice for me, and that's Jarrett Patterson of Washington at New York. Uh, basically, neither of these teams has anything to play for. Washington has no reason to play Antonio Gibson as gimpy hip this week. Uh, plus, he'll be coming off the COVID list, possibly. You know what? Just give Jarrett Patterson one more start. It's coming against the Giants. They're allowing over 122 rushing yards per game. Uh, the price is just perfect for Jarrett Patterson to, to make good triple value for me. So, for what it's worth, I looked at Patterson, looked at him hard. And the reason I didn't is I don't trust Washington to not play Gibson if he's available. I just <laughs> yeah. bad organizations do bad things. It seems like, right? We'll yep. see. And you'll know beforehand, which would be a plus, but I took a revenge game. I went with a guy that's going to see a lot of second and third stringers, most likely. And he's a second stringer himself for the most part. Um, but I went with Jamal Williams against his former team, the Packers. Oh, I like that thought. I do like that thought. Uh, I, I was a little shocked by all the coach speak last week on uh, Swift. 
Yep. And actually, I, I bought it. I, I bought the coach speak a little bit, and I probably shouldn't have. Everybody, everybody <laughs> did. Trust me. Everybody did. Yeah. Uh, the $5,900 price on DraftKings doesn't seem too bad for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but you get a big old discount for for playing um, Jamal Williams down at 4800 But if you look at a lot of these guys, right? Yep. Chubba Hubbard, hard matchup. Rex Burkhead, horrible matchup. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, Devonta Freeman. They're not all, they're not good matchups for a lot of these cheaper guys. Like it was truly hard to find what I would call a good and solid value play. Cam Akers, don't be fooled. If they say, oh, there's a chance he's going to play again, he's not playing. I said that last week, right? Yep. And he didn't play. I don't, he's not playing. He's $4,700. He should be priced honestly off the board. He's not going to play. The one guy that I kind of think might be a sneaky play this week is Michael Carter. He looked pretty good in what I would consider a tougher matchup last week. Yeah. And now they get Buffalo. And, and Buffalo has been susceptible to running backs the last basically month and a half. So at 5000 on DraftKings, 5800 on FanDuel, he did suffer a concussion. Yeah, that's my. So you got to keep an eye, you got to keep an eye on that. It, it, uh, you have to assume that he's if he clears the concussion protocol, he might be a sneaky play there. Yeah, I can see that, um, but yeah, I was worried about concussion myself. So, all right, at wide receiver in game seventeen. Okay, something that yep. no wide receiver has ever played in before. Who are you paying up for at wide receiver? Well, actually, there is one wide receiver that played in game 17. Oh, you're Emmanuel, right. Emmanuel Sanders a couple of years ago. You, you're absolutely right. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That's a, you know what? That is an excellent trivia question. <laughs> yes, but uh, no, I'm, I, I'm going for a guy who uh, is going to be playing to set a few records this year. Yeah. And that is Cooper Cup. He is the highest-priced wide receiver he had a bit of a down week last week, so maybe people might fade off of him because of the high price tag and coming off that down week. But, you know, even if this comes with an asterisk this year, Cup has a chance of establishing a new single-season receiving record in both receptions as well as a receiving yardage record. Plus, the Rams actually need this game to win their division. Uh, the only way they have a chance to win their division is if they win and Arizona loses. So... Again, I think that they're going to be playing the full game with all their starters as long as possible. Again, those games are going to be simultaneous, so there's yeah. not going to be any advance notice of which team is doing better. No, and I so I looked at that, right? And I'm like, okay, Cup just looks like he's the easy play here with working towards all those records, blah, blah, blah. That's why I let in with what I did about the extra game. And then I was like, but who needs it more, right? And mm -hmm. I'm looking down the list, and Devontae Adams isn't going to play. I don't care what he says. Um <laughs> Jamar Chase, again, yeah, they, I don't know. Can't trust him. Um, Justin Jefferson could get the Mon treatment. Who knows? He could get a Minion treatment. He could get a um, Chad Pennington treatment, for all we know. Um, and I wound up down at $7,000. I started looking at A.J. Brown mm -hmm. on the road at Houston. And I'm like, if ever a team needs a win and they need to rely on their best player, like the Jonathan Taylor thing at running back, right, it would be the mm -hmm. Titans. So the guy that I put down as my payup is Cooper Cup. <laughs> I just uh, good lead around to that. AJ Brown certainly is a possibility, and uh, I, again, I, I thought about pairing my quarterback. Obviously, I suggested Ben Roethlisberger as a value. So, uh, at least from a DraftKings standpoint, we get the full PPR. Deontay Johnson's got some value there, but I think a lot of people are going to be chasing Jamar Chase's points. Cleveland's actually not that bad against the pass, so 
Uh, I, I hate to do that. And again, Debo, he scored last week, but we really don't know what we've got there in that whole offense. Devontae probably won't play at all. If it, if he does, it's going to be very minimal. Yeah. You said Jefferson makes sense. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot of possibilities there, but I agree with Brown as a possibility too. And I'll be honest with you, I did A.J. Brown, then I wrote Cup, then I wrote A.J. Brown, and I circled Cup. So I, I did circle the wagons and to wind up back at Cup, honestly. Um, who are you staying away from? We talked about several players we could stay away from there. Yep. But I actually chose a guy a little bit lower down the list as my stay away. Now I'm staying away from Tom Brady. I'm also going to stay away from Mike Evans. Uh, 7,100 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. Only five wide receiver ones have reached double-digit PPR points against Carolina. And one of them was Antonio Brown a couple weeks ago when Mike Evans was out. But as I said before about Brady, we don't know how much Brady will play. We don't know how much Evans will play. Uh, He is one week removed from a hamstring injury. So if anyone deserves the rest, it's probably him. We're probably going to see the B team face Carolina most of the game. Yeah, so for me... I, I looked at Jamar Chase. I looked at Mike Evans. Those guys that, I, that I'm just not sure about playing time-wise, Devontae Adams, stuff like that, I kind of just ruled them out. Um, I landed on a guy that's pretty high-priced, um, and he's, he's in a game. He's on the road against a very good defense, against a defense that needs a win to win their division. I'm steering clear of Debo Samuel this week. I, I wanted to. And I, I thought about it, and I thought about it. I'm like, yes, it's Trey Lance. You don't know what's going to happen with him and whatnot. But then I looked at Debo Samuel, and, and again, he, obviously he's going to get most of Jalen Ramsey's coverage, assuming Ramsey plays the full game. Yeah. But he's actually scored in like three of the last four games against the Rams, despite Jalen Ramsey. So that's the only reason I didn't choose him. <laughs> he's due for a stinker, as they would say in baseball. Oh, He's been due for a stinker for about two years now. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's who I'm steering, steering clear of. Um, <laughs> If I also was going to look at another payup for what it's worth, I did look at Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, who's your value play? We're going to match at value play. I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to match uh, value play. <laughs> my, my value play at wide receiver is Antoine Wesley. A 6'4 wide receiver has taken over the DeAndre Hopkins red zone threat role for Arizona. He's hauled in three scores in the last two games, and he's catapulted my DFS lineups to money in the last couple of weeks. So i got to love him. Got to give him a little shout-out for his performance. I'm playing him this week against the bad Seattle secondary. Hey, we've got a match. Believe that? No way. No, no, <laughs> we don't. I just had to say that. We, we don't. Um, again, I don't like a lot of these guys that are cheaper. I just don't. Um, I'm going to try and get some of those higher-priced guys and find ways to get them in the lineups and – and maybe use some mid-price guys. I just don't like the the lower-price guys at all. So I went with a guy that will probably have 1% ownership, actually probably less. Um, if I make a lineup with him, it may be the only one that he's in. Um, <laughs> and no, that is not like Chris Connolly or Demir Bird or DeAndre Carter. Um, it's. I love being some Chris Connolly this week, though. Hold on. Ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whisper it. Kenny Galladay. It's like scratching your fingernails on the chalkboard. <laughs> I figured there's no way I could have went with Glennon or Fromm, right? So nope. <laughs> if I'm going to spend like $500 on a wide receiver, I don't even remember. He's like three grand, isn't he? Or 2600 or something. <laughs> I, I lost him. Let me see where he. Let's see where he is. He may be higher priced than I thought accidentally. <laughs> he shouldn't. He shouldn't be. <laughs> 
Let's see. We've got to search for him here. Hold on. Um, Galladay. There he is. $5,100. Oh, yeah, that's way higher than I thought he should be. Um, <laughs> I might play T.Y. Hilton over him, actually. No, I'm not playing a value-wide receiver this week. I'm going to find a way to pay up for somebody. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. I mean, yeah, D.J. Moore at 5800 could be considered a value play this week, maybe. Braxton Berrios, um, Cole Beasley. Uh, he, he, yeah, no. Robbie Anderson. <laughs> No. <laughs> I just, Galladay no. <laughs> can't go the entire season without a touchdown, though, right? I don't know. Ask uh, ask that guy from New England, Jacoby Myers. He, he finally did. got a second touchdown. Yeah, so even he got a touchdown. Um, Keyshawn Johnson did that one year, right? Got like one touchdown for the entire year. Yep, well, we're looking at Kyle Pitts in that same boat right now. Again, uh, right. going for 1,000 yards, but uh, still only has the one receiving touchdown the year. Yep, there you go. But seriously, I mean, you mentioned just Damon passing and joking there. I love the Chris Conley play at home versus Tennessee this week. Yeah, that's true. That's not bad. Um, okay. Fair enough. All right. So we've got, what, two matches so far, I think? Three matches. Uh, we got Cup as a match. We got Taylor as a match. And two Brady as a match. And Big Ben. We had Ben, too. So four. Two, three. Um, oh, yeah, Cup. You're right. Four. Okay. As it comes down to tight end like it usually does, um, who are you going to pay up for at the tight end position? Oh, I had a hard time with the pay up this week Ooh, at tight end. So did I. So did I. <clears throat> um, I, I settled on Dawson Knox at 5,400 on DraftKings and 6,000 on FanDuel. Buffalo is facing the Jets at home. Jets will allow the second most yards to the tight end position, the fifth most touchdowns, and sixth most receptions to the position. And Buffalo needs this game to win the division over the uh, Patriots. And Knox was actually held catchless last week. He only had two catches the week before that. So I have a feeling everyone and their sister is going to be off of Dawson Knox this week. Yep. But if I'm going to pay up for someone, though, there's just so many question marks up top there. He just seems like the safest pay up. First, first name I landed on, Dawson Knox. Scratched him out and said, how do you avoid Mark Andrews, even if it is Pittsburgh, he's at home. You know, they, they have like a 0.1% chance to still win the make the playoffs right so you're gonna yeah they, they have to have like six different things happen too yes. and, and i was like i just i can't do it and, and i i went back and i circled dawson knox we've we've got a match we hit the push at this point um which is funny because i landed on knox and i went right to andrews shortly after that and then i went and i picked my stay away and i initially wrote my stay away down as george kittle but then when i wound up crossing andrews off i said well if i'm not paying up for him i'm going to stay away from him since he's the most expensive guy on the board so I'm staying away from Andrews this week. And we have the over. Mark <laughs> Andrews is my stay away also for a lot of reasons you just re- referenced there. Baltimore technically is still alive, but they need lots of help. Now Andrews leads the league in every single relevant tight end receiving category. A stat that he hopes to hold on to into week 18. But frankly, uh, we, we obviously haven't seen the outcome of tonight's game yet, but Pittsburgh is just too damn elite against the position. Opponents are along an average of four receptions and 42 yards with their tight ends against Pittsburgh this season. They've only given up two tight end receptions for touchdowns all season. They held Andrews mostly in check a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not paying that much for what could be with Mark Andrews. Yes, he's hot. Yes, he's going to be over-owned because of that. Yes, he's too expensive. 
Yep, yep, and yep. Should have known we'd hit the over. Should have known. Um, who are you going to have as a value play at tight end, Mr. Tight End Whisperer? <laughs> oh, God, this was tough this week. Uh, I wish I knew who was going to start at tight end for Jacksonville because if it's Dan Arnold or James O'Shaughnessy, I'd certainly consider throwing out one of those two guys as my value play. As we had last week, neither of them played. So we don't know. If you if you find out before the game starts who's starting for Jacksonville at tight end, definitely consider using them as, as your value play. But for my value play, I settled on two guys who we know are going to play. And they will likely be the center point of their offenses this week because everyone else is going to have the week off. And that being the vaunted duo of Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGara, both of whom will be very busy in the passing offense, uh, getting passes from Jordan Love against a Detroit defense that has been very bad to tight ends. They've allowed the second most receptions, the third most receiving yards, and the fifth most tight end touchdowns over the last four weeks. So we don't have a match. Um, one of the first guys I looked at was Cameron Bray with you know the injuries that they have, but I just don't feel comfortable enough to you know go with him because of Tom Brady, like we talked about, et cetera. I looked at John Bates um, on the road at New York, but eh, pushed off of that. And I went with a guy who actually is probably number three on their depth chart at tight end. So you're not going to get big reception or yardage numbers, but I think you can get decent enough yardage and, and a tight end, a touchdown out of him. And at $2,600, it's definitely worth rolling the dice on him. Harrison Bryant against yep. the Bengals team that probably, honestly, I think is going to have quite a few replacements playing by the end of the, by the beginning of the second, the middle of the third quarter. I, I really considered going up against the Cincinnati Bengals either with Hooper or Bryant or Njoku. Uh, over their last four games coming into uh, this past week, so weeks uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16, they had given up the most yardage and the most touchdowns to the tight end position over that period. 423 yards and four touchdowns during that stretch. Now, I, I really wanted to consider that until I looked at the fact that the worst tight end that they faced during that four-game stretch was Noah Font. They had to face Kelsey. They had to face Kittle. And they had to face one other stud tight end during that huge output against them. So, yeah, I, I want to think that Cleveland might do something against their tight ends, but the numbers that they've given up are slightly fudged by the level of talent they faced recently. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we hit the over. I don't know how we did it, but we hit six, um, and that was punting two of the three or even three of the three value plays, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, so good on us, I guess. Um, well, I knew that we would not match up on many of, the value, many or if not any of the value plays, so I knew we had to hit the over via the pay-ups and, and or stay-aways, which is what we ultimately did. Yeah, I mean, we had eight spots, basically, and we matched on six of them. Yep. So, um, yeah, fun week, fun year. Um, so, anything you want to add for our listeners and fans? Parting thoughts as we leave the 2021-22 regular season. 2022 will be here soon enough, folks. Don't forget. I think it is. Oh, I meant 2022 football. Football. Yes. <laughs> football. Yes, drafts will be here before you know it. And of course, if you have rookie drafts or just anything, keepers, etc., look, there's plenty of stuff that you can reach out to Harley about at Nuclear Harley on Twitter. You can reach out to me at Steve Gallo NFL. Um, 
beer. Harley's good with beer and food and, and you know, whatever we can do to help pass the time and maybe make you laugh here and there. Engage with us. We look forward to it. It helps us pass some time. Also, um, we wish you the most, most luck possible going into this week and into the playoffs for your favorite teams, unless they're the Cowboys. In that case, forget it. Um, sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> and by the way, I got called out on Twitter by quite a few people telling me to stop crying and whining. Da, 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 the Cowboys lost. Don't blame it on a certain play because I published a gif of the image when they ruled Chase Edmonds down in bounds and McCarthy mm-hmm. had to spend his last time out. And he wasn't down in bounds. It was a bad call, right? And again, remember, I'm an Eagles fan. But I posted it and said, this is the play where they ruled him inbounds when he wasn't. And, you know, people don't read stuff, I guess, so they don't know who you are. And he's like, oh, you're, you're a clown. You're an idiot. Your, your Cowboys are horrible. Stop whining. I'm like, yeah, dude, one, I picked Arizona to win, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Not, just cut, not just to win with the points, <laughs> but straight up win. And I'm an Eagles fan, so get off me. Um, but, yeah, so there's always fun with that, too. But in any event, if you're not a member, go ahead and join up the huddle. You can do it now. It won't run out. It's actually going to be for one calendar year. So you, you won't lose anything by joining now, and then you can re-up next year before the playoffs start again. And, and, of course, if you're not following us, follow us, and let's have some fun as the regular season winds down. Hopefully one of our teams can hoist a Lombardi trophy. I know for you the Vikings are out, but the Chiefs are always a threat. And, look, the Eagles are in. Anything can happen. I don't expect it, but you never know. So until then, get blitz responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.